last year at age 27, I quit my job and retired, and I'm now living off over $15,000 per month in passive income. Welcome to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Janessa McKenzie, a business mindset coach and brand strategist, and I help online experts like you stop self-sabotaging their success and unapologetically build a badass personal brand that makes marketing and sales easy. It's my mission to show you how to become who you were created to be so you can share your talents with the world, make a difference, and create the income and impact you desire. So if you're ready to end your battle with self-sabotage or gain your kick-ass confidence and create a business and life of your dreams, listen up as I hit the BS button on the notion that hustle and hard work are all it takes to be successful and mix the woo with the strategy to help you create the mindset, messaging, and visibility you need to attract the clients and cash that you want while unapologetically building a powerful brand from the inside out. Now let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Elevated Entrepreneur Podcast. I am Janessa and we are here with Rachel Richards today. And she has made a name for herself in the personal finance realm. She is um, author of Money Honey and she lives off of $15,000 a month passive income right now. So today we're going to talk about passive income, what it really is, how you can really get it. And Rachel's going to share some amazing tips with us, but first she's going to tell us a little bit more about her. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Hey, Janessa. I'm wonderful. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. Great. I'm excited you're here. Me too. So tell us a little bit more about you, who you are, who you serve and how you serve them. Yes, for sure. I'm a, I'm a lot of things. I am a (laughs) former financial advisor. Um, I also have a financial economics degree. I'm the best-selling author of two books on finance, um, and I'm a real estate investor with almost 40 rental units. And like you said, what people probably find the most intriguing about me is that last year at the age of 27, I quit my job and retired, and I'm now living off over $15,000 per month in passive income. Yeah. So I have made it my mission to help other female millennials and young women accomplish the same thing. Heck yes. Let's all do that. Yeah. Millennials or not. I'm not a millennial. So (laughs) (laughs) it's for everybody. (laughs) It is for everybody. Yeah. So tell us some more, like, uh, you know, you were a formal financial, yeah, I can't even talk today. (laughs) Former financial advisor. Um, did you work for like a company or did you work for yourself? Tell us about that. I worked for a company when I, so I graduated at the age of 20, I was an early bird and it was difficult to be, you know, 2021 and advising people like people Mm. in their seventies and eighties, you know, that have their life savings of 500,000 or a million dollars. And they come in and see me and I'm like, here's what you should do with your money. You know? Yeah. Um, so that part was fun and funny, but being a financial advisor, especially when you're starting out, you're cold calling, you're prospecting, it's a sales job. And although I knew I could be good at that, I just didn't see myself doing it for the next five to 10 years. Mm. So I did it for about a year and I was licensed, got all my certifications and everything. And then it became, well, I'm still passionate about helping people with money. So how can I do that in a way that's rewarding for me as well? Mm. Um, I never expected I would be able to successfully create a business out of all this, <laughs> but, um, when I was, I guess, 24, this was in 2017, 
I finally kind of came up with this idea because all my family and friends were coming to me for financial advice, which I loved. Mm. And I began to wonder why aren't they reading books or learning on their own? Mm. And then I had this aha moment where I was like, oh yeah, personal finance is boring, right? It's (laughs) overwhelming. It's intimidating. It's complex. No wonder people don't like to learn about it. Mm. So I thought to myself, well, how can I make this topic sassy and fun and simple? And that's where the idea for my first book, Money Honey, came from. Mm. Um, It did better than I ever would have expected. It really took off and resonated with women, especially, and it now has over 700 Amazon reviews. So that was, thank you. That was the beginning of my business and kind of becoming a financial coach, writing books, creating courses. That's how I work with people now. Mm. Awesome. So- I'm assuming that the passive income is through real estate. I have several passive income streams. So let me back up because I'd like to define passive income, what it is and what it isn't. Cause I think there's a lot of misconceptions around it. Um, yeah. It's definitely a buzzword, like we were saying. So mm-hmm. passive income to me is money that is earned with little to no ongoing effort. Mm. Now, is it a get rich quick scheme? No, absolutely not. It takes time or money to create passive income. But once you have it going, it becomes a lot more hands-off and that's when it becomes passive. Yeah. Now, is anything truly passive? Maybe portfolio income. You know, if you have a ton of money that you can invest and earn dividends or interest or whatever, yeah, that's probably 100% passive. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is most people don't have a million dollars lying around to invest to generate Mm -hmm. meaningful income. But most of the other passive income streams that I teach and that I talk about are, you know, they're, they require a couple hours a week of work or a few hours a month just to maintain that income stream. Mm-hmm. So compare that to, you know, a 40 hour a week job. In my opinion, that's very, very passive. Yeah. So I had this epiphany a few years ago that once your passive income exceeds your expenses, you're retired, you're financially independent. Mm. And that's what I set out to do because I thought that what most people do, you know, they save up a million or $2 million or they try to by age 65 so they can retire. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, Janessa, but I just don't know many multimillionaires. Okay. So I was like, that sounds pretty intimidating. I don't know how easy that is going to be to do. Mm-hmm. So then when I started thinking about passive income, I realized, yeah, I think generating five, six, $8,000 a month in passive income is actually a lot more attainable. And yeah. it turns out I was right. It is attainable. You don't have to necessarily have a ton of money. It's you either need a money or time investment, but it's truly something, something that anyone can do. Mm. So to answer your initial question, we now have five or six passive income streams, but the two biggest ones are our rental income and our royalty income. Mm. And prior to 2017, we didn't have any passive income. So that Mm. was the year we started our our journey. We bought our first duplex that year. um, And I'm happy to go into more detail about that too. And Mm. then later that year, like I said, I launched my first book, Money Honey. So we had the rental income, the royalty income. We focused on growing those two as much as we possibly could. And fast forward to today, we now own almost 40 doors, like rental units. And I now have two best-selling books. And I'm super transparent about my income. So I'm happy to share those details as well. So for example, our rental income typically brings in eight to 10 grand per month in profit. Mm. um, And it has been impacted by coronavirus. Mm. And then the royalty income from my books, I 
I probably average $5,000 a month in profit from my books. Mm. That's, those are both amazing. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks. So that was a lot more than you asked for, but <laughs> no, no, that's, that's great because I'm sure, you know, somebody listening would have been like, well, what exactly is that? You know, yeah. um, you know, we all, we have the logistical people that are trying to run through it in their head. And then we have people that are like, holy crap, just tell me more, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. So I guess let's start with your books. What, um, what really said to you, I need to write a book. Well, it was a couple of things. It was that initial realization of just, wow, personal finance needs to be approached in a different way. Cause there's mm-hmm. way, way too many books that are dry, um, written by, you know, older white men. I was like, <laughs> we need some diversity in here. <laughs> we mm-hmm. need some young female voices. Um, and then I, the important thing though, with writing a book or really creating and offering any service, cause everyone I feel like is doing that nowadays on the internet, mm-hmm. which is a great thing, but you have to make sure that you are offering something unique. Yeah. So you have to be able to answer the question, why would somebody buy my book over the thousands of books that are already out there? Yeah. And if you can't articulate that, you're not going to have success. I mean, it's, Mm. it's that black and white in my opinion. And Mm. so my whole unique value proposition with money, honey was making this typically boring topic and making it sassy, fun, and simple. So that's what set me apart from the rest, you know, the thousands of other personal finance books that are out there. Mm. And then um, in terms of my second book, which is called Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement, Mm -hmm. I wrote this last year in 2019 as I was gearing up to quit my job. And so, of course, by then I had built up a small platform and I was telling people, hey, I'm going to be quitting my job and retiring this year. And everyone was like, what are you talking about? You're 27. (laughs) How are you doing this? (laughs) And I kind of became obsessed with passive income. And I realized that there are so many types of passive income outside of portfolio income and rental income. So I just started doing a bunch of research. And in the end, the book basically consists of 28 passive income models and Mm -hmm. kind of me teaching how you can get started with any of those. So trust me when I say there is something out there for everyone. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Because, you know, like you said in the beginning, passive income, or we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording too, that passive income is such a buzzword right now. And that I'm not sure a lot of people really understand true passive income. Right. But, you know, I, while there are plenty of companies that you could work for in direct sales and, you know, create an income through that, to me, that's not passive income. Right. And I think a lot of times passive income gets confused with MLM or it gets confused with side hustle Mm -hmm. and MLMs are not passive because you're, you're having to actively recruit other people or you're having to actively sell products all the time. There's no way to step away from the business and continue to generate income. Um, at least in my experience, there could be, you know, exceptions to that. And then side hustles. Yes. A lot of side hustles do create passive income, but not all it's like, you know, a square rectangle thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, that point that you just made was, is really important. If you can't step away from the business and still create income, it's really not passive. Like that's a really great way to put, you know, to define passive income. If you can step away and not completely step away, because like you said, most of them do require at least a, a couple hours a month. Um, 
to, to keep up, but that's way less than, you know, 90% of what everybody else is doing. Yeah. I think the first light bulb moment I had in my passive income journey was actually earlier this year. And, and by then I'd already been creating a lot of passive income, but I was in Spain in January. Mm-hmm. And so I obviously I didn't work at all that week. And I remember waking up one day and seeing that so many of my books had sold even while I was on vacation mm-hmm. that even overnight one night I had made $500 in my sleep. Like to me, that is the, the epitome of passive income. Yes. Yeah. When you can in your sleep. Yes. Sounds <laughs> too good to be true, but it's not. <laughs> right. No, it is not. It absolutely isn't, especially to in today's world on online, right? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of my listeners are coaches, online experts, things like that. Um, and it's, you know, once you get rolling with, you know, knowing on a deep level who your ideal client is and and really knowing who you are as a business owner and all of those things, which is like two of the huge pillars that I, uh, I teach on and, and coach on is once you understand that and then you get, you create that, whether it's a course or, um, you know, whatever it is that you can sell your knowledge with and create that and kind of put it on an evergreen process. I mean, yes, you're going to have to put some work into it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, you still have to, you know, market it and launch and, you know, those things, but it doesn't have to be 40 hours a week. It doesn't even have to be four hours a week to do, to do that and keep it, keep it up and created and selling. Exactly. And, and you said it so correctly that there is a lot of work up front. There's no way around that. I mean, no Mm -hmm. doubt about it. It's not necessarily easy but it's simple, if that makes sense. It, it makes sense to me. Yes. And, it, and But that statement right there, make it simple. Making it simple doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Confused me in the beginning, right? Because you're like, yeah. well, isn't simple easy? Well, no, it, it isn't. But we think it is because, you know, they're very much related words. Simple means in our heads means easy. Yeah. But but simple just means, you know, the, the least, the path of least resistance with the least amount of energy projected, mm-hmm. uh, whereas easy, you know, is not that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, you know, easy is um, simple versus easy is you easy know, to me is like no work involved. Easy is yeah, no work involved, but usually with before ease comes work, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's no way that you can make something easy without putting something into it first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I was like, um, kind of running my words right and around in a circle there, but you know, (laughs) I got you though. I got you. Yeah, You got me. You got me. And I, and I knew what I was trying to say. It was just kind of not coming out right, but (laughs) it's what it is. So give us some, I mean, I know you said you had like 28 things that you go over in passive income, but knowing who the audience is listening to this podcast, are there like three top ones that you could think of that, you know, online experts or service providers on the online would 
Yes. So when I, I kind of break it up into categories in my book, but when I think about online business owners, online service providers, I think of royalty income specifically, there's a lot of types of royalty income. So if you, you know, typically when you're online and you're offering services, you're offering like knowledge based services, you're, mm-hmm. you're offering how to, you're teaching somebody insight, you're teaching somebody how they can do something. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that, there's a lot of ways you can generate royalties off that. So I've done two personally, one of them is the books. Mm-hmm. Anyone can definitely write a book. It's definitely, um, very attainable. You don't have to necessarily have a ton of money to invest in it. Mm-hmm. My first book, money, honey, I launched with less than a $600 investment. Mm -hmm. And most of that was hiring a good editor. Now that's going to be more of a time investment, but that's what makes it more attainable for people. Cause typically people have more time than money, especially when they're first starting out. So if you can package your knowledge and thoughts into a unique book, that's a great option. And then I would say online courses is kind of a level up from books. That's mm-hmm. what I started doing this year is I started to create onla- online courses. Mm-hmm. What's so great about it is it's such a high profit margin. You know, you take a book, maybe you price it at $5 for the ebook on Amazon and you're making, you know, $3 and 50 cents mm-hmm. per sale. But then, and I'll just use my online course as an example. It's right now it's priced at $300, but I have such minimal expenses that my profit margin is probably close to 80% on that. Yeah. So I could go out and try to sell a thousand books or I could go out and sell, you know, 10 courses and make the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. So I love the online courses. If you want to do that in a passive way, because in my, in my opinion, there's two ways to create online courses. One is teaching it live where you have like a live zoom call each month or each week, and you take your participants through it. Mm-hmm. And then one is having, the other one is having pre-recorded videos. Yeah. And that's what I did. Cause obviously I'm all about passive income. That's worked really, really well for my audience. Yeah. So I love those two examples. Um, and then I'll just throw out a couple other unique examples because I think they're just fun to talk about. Yeah. So in, in the rental income bucket, there's a lot of ways you can generate rental income. You hear about commercial properties, residential real estate, all that stuff. But if you're not into going quite that extreme, there is an app called Neighbor. And what Neighbor lets you do is it lets you rent out storage space. So if you have an extra closet or garage space or an extra bedroom, you can rent that out for storage. So other people looking for storage space, instead of going to this, you know, local storage units, they can rent from you directly. Um, And normally it saves them money, but then you're also making money very passively. So I just think that one's so unique and anyone can do it. That one's super easy. Mm. Um, And then I'll give one last unique one that I think is fun. There's this whole category of coin operated machines. So Mm. think of things like coin-operated laundry machines in a apartment building mm-hmm. or ATMs or vending machines in an office building. Mm. Once you install the machines, then you just typically need to go around once a week to collect the money and restock them. And even that part can be outsourced so that, that it can be fully passive. I think that one's fun. I even looked into doing it with my husband, like investing in a laundromat mm-hmm. a long time ago. Um, so I think it's a really fun, creative, lucrative way to generate passive income. Yeah. Yeah. That is very cool. Um, do you rent the machines or do you buy them? You or would buy them. Either. So it would, and most of these machines and they can vary obviously, but I would expect to pay probably three or four grand 
mm. for, for, you know, like a good used vending machine or an ATM, mm-hmm. um, for a coin operated laundry, I would expect to pay one or $2,000 for the washer and dryer, mm. but definitely no more than that. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The, that I love the storage one. That's interesting. Yeah. There's so many, once you start looking for passive income ideas, there's just so many ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, those are great, great, uh, examples. So what is your favorite? Ooh, that's a good question. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I like that you asked this. I would, I think that I used to, my favorite used to be rental income and specifically residential like rental properties Mm -hmm. because rental income to me is sort of the Holy grail. You have three benefits. First you have the cash flow or the passive income. Then you have equity buildup because your tenants are paying your mortgage over time. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the 30 years, you now own a property free and clear having only paid the down payment. Mm. The third benefit is tax benefits because Anytime you're a property owner, you have tax benefits. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes there's a fourth benefit. I consider it a bonus if it happens, which is appreciation because we all saw what happened in 2008. We can't always count on properties appreciating, but Mm -hmm. if it does, it's, it's another bonus. So rental income is amazing. I definitely think it's one of the best tools for building long-term wealth. And I truly think every young person should own rental property. Hmm. Now, if you're asking me my favorite though, Here's what I would say, because for me, rental income hasn't been this thing that I've just been so passionate about. And I want to create this huge empire and that's all I want to do. For me, rental income was more of a means to an end. Mm. We got to the point with our rental properties financially that we were making enough money that I could then focus on what I am truly passionate about, which is teaching women about personal finance. Mm. So my favorite passive income stream right now is probably my online courses because Mm. they are so fun. I love working more directly with people that are committed at that higher level and motivated to do well. So Mm. I personally get a lot of fulfillment from it. Yeah. So let's talk about that. I want to talk about how, how much time do you put into selling your course or marketing or like, what do you do? What is your strategy for that? Yeah, I'm so I launched my first online course in April. It's called Get Your Financial Bleep Together. <laughs> and so, you know, it's it's fun and sassy. That's how I am. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been it's been fun to work with groups of women through it. And I'm still learning the best ways to market it. Some mm-hmm. people have, you know, an evergreen course and it's available for sale year round. Anyone can enroll at any time and take it at their own pace. Mm-hmm. Other people, myself included, will do, they will run it a few times a year. So mm-hmm. they'll only open enrollment for a few days and they'll market it heavily, get people signed up. And I do that because even though it's pre recorded and people can take it at their own pace and they have lifetime access, I still wanted to facilitate it a little bit to hold people accountable because that's the hardest part of getting your finances in order. So I have a Facebook group that they join. It's designed to be an eight week course. So I'm sending, you know, emails each week. Um, I'm doing zoom live zoom call, like two live zoom calls throughout. So that way it's, it's kind of a cross between being a little bit more hands-on and, and then being totally hands-off. So that's the way I do mine. Now, in terms of marketing it, when I first launched my course earlier this year, I had built, in my opinion, a, a reasonably 
solid platform. Now there are people that have hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers and that's not me. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I have, I have almost 4,000. Um, when I launched it in April, I think I had about 4,000 people on my email list. Mm-hmm. And so I just started out posting in my Facebook group where I have over a thousand readers mm-hmm. sending out emails about it. I opened enrollment for five days. I did a beta course where the first version of it was very discounted. So I got a lot of signups just from doing that. Mm-hmm. And I've pretty much done that the last two times I've opened enrollment. I've done, I've just marketed to my group, my social media, and my email list. Mm-hmm. But what I have been learning about Janessa is webinars. Mm. And I have learned that course creators heavily use webinars to market their courses. Mm-hmm. So this is super intriguing to me. I think I'm going to do my first couple webinars by the end of the year, but basically you offer a one hour, you know, master class on a topic that you think people would be interested in and it's free. So anyone can register and join your webinar for free. Mm -hmm. Not only do you get a ton of emails um, to add to your email list, but then at the end of the webinar, once you've added a ton of value and really helps people, then you pitch your course. Mm -hmm. And I've heard this is how people sell out their courses regularly. So I'm going to start experimenting with that, but I have a good feeling that it's a great way to market online courses. Yeah. So I have done webinars. Mm. Um, I'm not I'm actually not a fan. Oh, so tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like, oh boy, I, I think I kind of have a little bit of a judgment towards, <laughs> towards webinars. Well, I want to know so that I can like, you know, yeah. fix yeah, no, that I, when I do mine. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'll tell you how I tweaked it, how I yeah. um, did it so that it felt more aligned to me. So I think that, you know, webinars, while you can absolutely teach a masterclass in a webinar with slides and the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it feels to me, and I guess it depends on how you do it. Yeah. Um, like an hour long sales pitch. Ooh, yeah. I don't want to do that at all. Exactly. Um, and I think that a lot of people now feel like that is what a webinar is. It's, yeah. it's an hour long sales pitch. So I feel like you don't get as many people signing up for a, a webinar. Mm. So um, I did one webinar and it, and it was a total flop and that could be, and it was very way back when I very first started. So a lot of things went into why that was a flop. It was mm. not anything else. It was totally me, you know, <laughs> um, but being in a lot of other webinars, you know, you're getting this promise of, Oh, I'm going to show you this thing and I'm going to show you that thing. And then you get in there and it's like, so where's the actual value here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think webinars have gotten a bad rap. So I, you know, you're right. They, they have, because there are a lot of people doing them in more of a like sleazy way where it is just a sales pitch. And that to me, that's such a turnoff. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping to run mine in a way that I truly add massive value and then keep this, the pitch to the end, like the last 10 minutes. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm going to approach it. But I'm curious to ask you, what have you found in, in, in lieu of webinars that you've done that has worked? Yeah. So I've done challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done a three-day challenge, a couple of them, um, which, you know, brought me a lot of lessons and a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience. 
Um, and while I do love challenges this time around, I'm, um, I'm doing a masterclass on soul client attraction in December and it is going to be a zoom masterclass Hmm. because I really value connection Mm -hmm. and relationships. Um, they are my, that's like one of my highest core values. So while for one, a webinar does not align with that at all, because I can't, I mean, I can chat with people, but I can't see anybody. I can't actually talk to anybody. There really isn't a a big connection factor in a webinar. Yeah. For me. Um, The challenge while has more connection because, you know, it's a live video. It's a video. I still can't see anybody. (laughs) Right. Um, So I said, okay, how can I create something, you know, a free masterclass that still leads into an amazing group program that isn't a webinar, doesn't feel sleazy to me, feels aligned with my core values and, you know, lets me and my audience be interactive. Mm -hmm. Those are all super important to me. So I was like, oh, well, let's just do a masterclass on Zoom. I love that. Yeah. So I might do that. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do this time. Um, you know, for, for the soul client attraction is going to be a masterclass in zoom. And another piece of that too, is, you know, having people take that extra step to go into the zoom meeting is important as well, because it, it does kind of weed out the people that aren't so serious about it that are just kind of like, um, okay, well I'll sign up for this and I'll just get the replay. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Um, I think that happens a lot in master, uh, webinars as well. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'll sign up for this webinar and I won't show up. I'll just get the replay after, um, and see what happens. Yeah. You know? That's a good point. I'm now that we're talking through this, I might experiment and do one of each and, and yeah. then, you know, we'll have to touch base in a couple months and oh, definitely and let each other know how they went and what we learned. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yes, I just feel like, you know, having that extra step to say, okay, I'm going to show up in zoom. You know, you don't have to have your video on if you don't want to. Cause I know some people, you know, that's a, a thing. They don't, yeah. they don't want to be seen in a bunch of people they don't know. And that's cool. Keep your video off, keep your audio off if you want, but at least this way I can, I can talk to them after this masterclass. If they're like, okay, I have a question. So 10, 15 minutes at the end, I can speak to them one-on-one and answer their questions. Whereas Mm -hmm. in a webinar, it's like, you know, they're chatting and they're asking these questions and it's, and the same thing in a live and it, it's kind of your comments are kind of going crazy. You're missing questions. You're, you know, f- you feel stressed out because these questions are coming in and you're like, oh my God, I got to answer all these in 15 minutes. So <laughs> the, you know, like yes. it stresses you out too. So, you know, I figured, okay, this way I can, you know, have the, there will still be a chat in zoom where, you know, if you have a question, you can type in 
question or something. I don't know. I'm going to come up with a fun word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that says, you know, they want to, they want to come on and talk. And it's just, to me, that just feels so much more aligned for me because like I said, that is, that's a big core value for me is connection. And, and I want to make sure that people that come to my masterclass are one getting extreme value out of it. Like this is not a, I'm going to tell you how many people I help and um, you know, how all of these other things that like the first 15 minutes of every webinar is, (laughs) you know, like the person explaining who they are, what they do. I mean, yes, of course I will do that. But then they kind of go into this big, long thing about, you know, uh, how they, how many other people they've helped and the social proof. And I get that, like, it's all important, but there's a time and a place right things right what and I, I feel like yeah aren't there people are not in a master class or a challenge or a webinar to to see how many people you've helped right they're they're there, they're there for answers yeah and, and you got to deliver whether it's a webinar or a master class I totally agree with you that the majority of the time 80 90 percent of the time needs to be spent adding actual value you know giving yes. concrete solutions and action steps and deliver on what you promise. I totally agree. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's been lost in a lot of free, you know, anything's. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, lately that, you know, whether it's a webinar masterclass or even a PDF, you know, <laughs> like yeah, for an opt-in, if, if I can't take something really tangible away from that, then to me, it, you know, wasn't, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. And that's a huge lesson I've learned as an entrepreneur is, is just seeking to add value first and foremost before anything else, whether it's a networking call or you're doing a a guest post for somebody's blog or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. If you're not, you know, really impacting lives by adding value, no one's ever going to want to buy your stuff anyways. So that's what I always, that's how I always try to approach things now is like, how can I add value to this person, to this platform, to this audience? And if I do a good enough job of that, they're going to want to check out my website and sign up for my stuff and buy my books. Right. Yes, exactly. And I think that a lot of people have that turned around right now. Yeah. That they're doing it the opposite way, which is why they're not growing their audience, growing their list and creating like loyal followers, mm-hmm. raving fans, <laughs> raving fans. Yes. Raving fans. But even so uh, like even followers, like uh, fans and followers, like to me is such a su- superficial words. Mm. Like these are like, this is your soul tribe. Oh, like, I like the, that. Yeah. That's like what I want to help people create. Yeah. Is their soul tribe, not followers, not fans, not, you know, like, who are your people? Like the, that's what I want you to attract your like soul people. I love that. Yeah. Soul tribe. Soul tribe. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I'll name my group course that. Do it. (laughs) Trademark that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, everything else is kind of soul, like, you know, uh, soul client attraction, the group that that leads into is actually called soul marketing. Um, so yeah, and it's all just being soul led and and you know, uh, creating that soul connection because that's like the deep level connection where that's 
hard to break. You know what I mean? Like you connect soul level with somebody and you know, they are with you for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so true. Awesome. All right. So tell me that we kind of, and I love, this is why I love doing a podcast because we totally got off track there, but we just, <laughs> we just laid down some serious value right there. Yes, we did. You know? So, so that's exciting. All right. So are there any last words that you would love to just let everybody know, like if you could tell your soul client one thing, what would it be? I would just encourage anyone that it doesn't matter who you are. Anyone at any age on any income can absolutely achieve financial freedom. Mm. We often hold ourselves back for so many reasons. And I did the same thing. You know, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough knowledge, but you don't have to be like the foremost expert in the world to get started. Mm. There's this quote by Zig Ziglar that I will, I will end with. And he said, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. Amen. Zig. Woo! Yes, that's so true. And I think a lot of people, you're right, get stuck there. Um, And one of the good quotes that I have heard too, um, from actually from Jill Stanton, screw the nine to five. She's actually going to be a guest in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited about that. Um, She has this philosophy of the 10% edge. And so if you have that 10% edge over Mm -hmm. your tribe, you know, then you can help them. Exactly. Yeah. Cause imagine if, imagine if I had said, Oh, well, I'm not Dave Ramsey. I'm not Susie Orman. So why should I write this book? Exactly. It's not about that. Anyone has a unique gift and a unique voice that they can share with the world. Mine is different than Dave's, you know, he's all about debt payoff and he's really good at it. And I recommend him for anyone in debt, but I'm all about, I can resonate with female millennials in a way that he can't obviously. Yes. So that's what it's about. You, if you're, if you know more than most people, then you can help most people. Exactly. Exactly. And that's all it's about is just sharing what you know. Mm-hmm. And if we looked at it like that, then, you know, people would be sharing knowledge everywhere freely and excitedly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Awesome, Rachel. So tell us where we can find you on the interwebs. Well, thank you. You can find my books, Money, Honey, and Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement on Amazon. They're in ebook, paperback, and audiobook. Mm. And I'm on Instagram, Money, Honey, Rachel. And then what I love to do, Janessa, for your audience is if anyone wants to download my Passive Income Starter Kit, Mm. I will give that for free. So wow. to download that, you can go to moneyhoneyrachel.com slash bonus. Awesome. Amazing. That's very generous of you. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. All right, everyone listening. If you, well, I'm not even going to say if you, because I know if you're listening to this, you took something away from it. So DM Rachel and I on Instagram, screenshot this episode and stick it in your stories, tag us and tell us what your aha moment was. We'd love to hear it and go show Rachel some love on all the interweb places that 
just mentioned and go buy our book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right. And we'll see you all in the next episode.